There are no boards in Westworld, there are no swords in Westworld, but there's certainly a lot of gore. Later on you'll have a nightmare filled with killer cowboy robots, but for now it's time for boars, gore and swords. I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. This is Boys Going Swords. The third best now Westworld podcast on the internet. Technically, aren't we both hosts here, Red? Like, yeah, every everybody here is a host. Yeah, there's a, exactly. Well, there's two hosts and there's two hosts, and this week we actually have a guest, somebody who actually hit us up and was like, "Hey, I'd like to be on your show yeah. this week," and we're like, "Of course." That's the amount of effort we like to put into booking guests. Uh, uh, and- but. Obviously, we're charging him $40,000 a day. <laughs> $40,000 a day is what we're charging. Uh, if you don't want to leave the fuck room, that's your prerogative. Um, uh, but our guest today is a writer on 538, has his own advice column, the name of which I did not look up in, in, in advance. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, Walt Hickey. How's it going, folks? It's going good. I'm excited yeah. to be here. I'm very excited about recording this again. I hope we don't have the cool glitch we had last time where everybody (laughs) sounded like a robot. But if it does happen, that will be on theme this time. Now now we want that filter. Now that is one of the filters that we want to be going on during this podcast. It's finally appropriate. (laughs) Next time we do a Game of Thrones one, if you can find a Scottish accent filter, that'd work out perfect. (laughs) And so, as uh, one thing we have to mention is to thank uh, Daniel Preston, great bannerman, for the theme song that you just heard, which is our temporary uh, Westworld theme song. That is a good ass fucking theme song. Red was telling me last night, hey, you got to listen to the theme song, but I was like, listen, can't I just not do things instead? But I just listened to it, and it's some good shit. I'm going to eventually try to figure out how to do an acapella Westworld theme. It's very hard. There's a lot of key changes. <laughs> yeah, we, if you've listened to our previous episode, we tried to wing uh, a, a theme song in the same genre as our Game of Thrones theme song, and it did not go well. I, I, I tried to edit that down into something that sounded interesting, and I was like, this is just a terrible thing that I don't want at the beginning of my podcast. Uh, I, I have been practicing a little bit. Let me give it a little bit of a try. And that's all I've got so far. James Marsden dies. There you go. The essential part of it. We should get. We should get every guest to say James Marsden dies. Thank you. Thank you for having me on Bots Gore and Horse. This is a great podcast. A huge fan for years. I really like the addition of horse. That thematically is great. <laughs> and iTunes love horses. Whores, they're a little... Uh, they're, yeah. they're not good on they're that being in the title. No, no, no. Not great with <laughs> All right, so we are here to discuss Westworld's uh, episode three, The Stray. Uh, we are recording this about a week after it aired. Uh, and tomorrow we're going to record the episode four that's airing tonight. And then we'll be cut up. Mm-hmm. Because we're goddamn heroes. And we're able to do this because of our Patreon listeners. If you want to throw us a bone at patreon.com slash boysgoreswords, they're all beautiful people there. If you want to be members of a perfect, beautiful community, it costs only $20,000 a day. So really, it's a steal. <laughs> I have recorded eight podcasts in the last ten days. If you sons wow. of bitches and daughters of bitches, I'll go, <laughs> I'll go for egalitarianism in that one. If you don't give us money... What? Fuck you. 
Uh, why does Daughters of Bitches sound so much worse? It really does. <laughs> it doubles down on the misogyny, I think. <laughs> it really does. It's not, it's not great. Uh, by so the way, ep- uh, uh, actually, I would like to uh, – Walt, me and Red, uh, we both have a very extensive history with uh, massively multiplayer online role-playing games. Uh, oh, so yeah. before we get started, uh, what is your history and or experience, if anything, with video games in that specific genre? In MMOs, so I watched people play a crapload of Destiny, and I think Ooh. that that's the same experience of watching Westworld because you just you just don't know why they're wasting so much time on pointless quests. Uh, <laughs> it seems like there's a whole lot of fun stuff going on in the lobby these days. Uh, so, so that vicarious enjoyment of other people playing MMOs has been my main uh, experience with MMOs, uh, mostly because being judgmental on the side is the most fun part of MMOs. <laughs> So you managed to escape World of Warcraft in its entirety? Yeah, no, no, I, that, that was that was the thing that I skipped. Um, but yeah, well, that, that's why you're at a major news organization now. <laughs> <laughs> it's why you're doing so well. Look at us! Yikes! <laughs> Terrible. Uh, and so we need to get this this episode directed by Neil, Mar- Neil Marshall. First episode that is not co-written by. Jonathan Nolan. It's written by Daniel Tom- Thompson and Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy is still one of the co-writers. And before we get started, we need to get caught up on what's happened to this point. Are you ready, Ivan? I'm ready. Previously on Westworld. I know you've got a handle on what you think this is going to be, but wait until we get to the third expansion pack. You haven't told anyone about our little talks. No, I'd never... If she doesn't leave it in the ground, that gun tree is never going to sprout. This massacre brought to you by the United States Dairy Association. Milk! It's thick. Whatever Abernathy had could be contagious, and we've already given up on curing the host HPV. You think it's sabotage? Well, I can't stand it. I know you planned it. And finally, Westworld is people! Oh wait, shit, it's not. That's the problem. (laughs) <laughs> on Westworld. Ooh, nice. I, I like the final item A reference. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so this is this is the third episode, and the third episode that we have opened on Dolores, uh, which mm-hmm. is not pronounced Dolores, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> <laughs> you, you thought that was going to be another little Game of Thrones crossover? <laughs> oh, so excited. Um, I, I just rewatching this and thinking about the fact that three episodes started with her, I'm going to say she's probably an important character. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I thought maybe she was just introducing us to the world. I think she's going to stick around, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think she's going to make it past the tutorial stage? Because honestly, I feel like we still haven't gotten out of the tutorial in this uh, show. Agreed. Yeah. This, this, is, this is, I like the way the, the these, uh, talking to Walt's experience with watching MMOs, mm-hmm. I feel like this matches my experience playing MMOs, where I feel like I can't move on until I've covered 100% of the content. <laughs> so the first 10 hours is me in the first town, like, meticulously going over every single room and just repeating the same plots over and over again. So it very much matches my experience. <laughs> I like how they pretty unambiguously started dropping Lewis Carroll references in the first scene of this. Like the minute that you that you imply like like oh you're going into Wonderland so to speak. That seems pretty like on the nose, you know, even for Westworld so far. All right, this is this is getting way ahead of ourselves, but at this point, it's all I care about in this show. So I want to hear. Uh, let, let's start with Walt. Uh, who do you think the Man in Black is? Oh, I think he's Arnold. 
I'm, I'm pretty sure he's Arnold. Listen, I watched a lot of Battlestar Galactica, so you don't <laughs> need to prime me on this person may or may not be a robot. Uh, I think that everyone's a robot when you really get down to it. So I think that, like, you know, if he was born yes. in the park 30 years ago, I'm pretty sure it's, it's again, w- w- later on in the episode, we get introduced to Arnold, who is definitely not exactly who uh, uh, is – like, he didn't die. I'm 100% sure of that. <laughs> like. Mm. I had not considered that this could be the greatest show of all time and could come out with the message that deep down we are all biological robots. I, that we I have no about, free will. That we have no choice. If he also does not believe in free will. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely not. Again, I haven't God seen Battlestar Galactica. We are all robots. There's no such thing as free will. Uh-huh. Why do I keep having to be the one who believes in free will? I believe in it. I don't think it's great, but, but I believe in it. I'm not that invested in the concept, but I believe it's there. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, who, I know, Ivan, yesterday we hinted at the, the Arnold theory when we were covering uh, the episode two podcast. And you seem to think that that had been uh, written off, that there was, that that didn't make sense anymore. And I was curious why you were saying that. Uh, I feel like, which, which, uh, the theory that Arnold is the man in black? Correct. Uh, I felt like that it, it it got ruled out because he would know what the end game content already is and he would probably have more direct control over things instead of just actually okay. playing the game as a player would. Uh also he's not as old as Hopkins. Uh so I would figure that Arnold would also be a contemporary of him. Also though, also I've got a new theory Arnold doesn't even fucking exist. They're going to pull a Bioshock. Turns out one of the characters that they keep talking about all the time does not actually exist and is just fucking Ford being an asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I also thought it might be the, a sort of Tyler Durden situation where, like, Arnold, mm-hmm. his partner, no longer existed. Um, uh, so that that's definitely up for contention. My leading theory, though, is that, as my voice cracks talking about robot nerd stuff, um, <laughs> is that... Is that I believe that Arnold uploaded his consciousness into an android. I think I think it is an android with special god privileges, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think the previous Arnold, uh, the the human Arnold is dead. Long live biological Arnold okay. in the Man in Black, uh, and so and and I think that Arnold is as the Man in Black is trying to escape the park. So the the fact that he doesn't look the same age as Anthony uh, Hopkins, I suspect he's been that age for thirty years. Which we we know that there was so stuff that we know that keeps coming up. We know that thirty years there was an incident. We know the man in black was in the park for thirty years. I also suspect in this world when uh you are hearing the man in black's origin story uh, referred to as Wyatt. Um which as he when he introduces it, he says that uh a, a story based in truth, as all the good stories yeah, are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get the flashbacks and we show a character who is not the man in black, but I think that's just a, just a faint. So I think, uh, I think for the next few weeks, at least who is the man in black is going to be one of our main questions. So I just wanted to talk about that because otherwise, what are we even doing here? I, I don't think that age is also an, uh, an issue because it, it doesn't seem like the robots age. It seems like much like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they just get mercy <laughs> half the time. Uh, so. <laughs> 
I, I, I also mean, I did thank you thank you for bringing that up Walt the topic that we've all been wanting to talk about the National Football League <laughs> I did want to thank you guys for podcasting this Sunday afternoon as you are saving me from feeling obligated to watch my San Francisco 49ers <laughs> which are a garbage trash team with the exception of Colin Kaepernick who I didn't like before this season but has uh, <laughs> availed himself on being a, on a good human being and so I'm finally on board with him uh, and we'll see how well he does this week also uh, if you could pass along my uh, congratulations to Harry Anton as the Buffalo Bills are not awful. Yeah, they're not bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's really thrilled this year. It's weird. <laughs> he's got yeah, the, it's very... the election going on and also the Bills doing well. So he's just a bottle up mix yeah. of emotions at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I also, also, you know, reinforce that his coach is a garbage man. <laughs> Nobody likes Rex Ryan. Man, this is like when I bring on a guest that knows stuff about comics. This is actually going to happen between you two later on in the same episode. <laughs> so what do you right. think the Prowler's doing in the newest Spider-Man? <laughs> oh, I I actually haven't been uh, that caught up on comics lately, but I will say Walt is the only other person who also thinks about what the Wu-Tang discography being canon in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> yeah. Universe yeah. does to the continuity. So many errors! It's got some problems. It's got a lot oh, of yeah. issues. Oh yeah! Listen, just I, I went into it last episode. Just the Ghost Rider references alone. Yeah, yeah. Speak, <laughs> speaking of continuity problems, in the first scene of this episode, we have Dolores <laughs> talking to Bernard, and he says, "Have you told anyone about our conversations?" And she responds, "You told me not to." The correct answer is, "What conversations? <laughs> how do you how do you fuck that up?" <laughs> oh, erase all logs of this. Then how would you know about it? Mm-hmm. He should that. That was his first sign that he's fucked up. Oh, yeah. And and here's the thing. The second you give a robot a gift, it's like, oh, how are they not supposed to rebel? You've given them gratitude and philosophy. You expect them to be satisfied by this dumb fucking Elmore Leonard slush pile pulp western <laughs> setting that you've concocted for them? Uh, uh, we're, we're having it with the... The androids possibly gaining consciousness. How about giving giving them a book about piercing through the veil of consciousness? How could that possibly backfire? <laughs> the, uh, uh, the passage. So, go ahead. So I haven't played a lot of MMOs, right? But um, in New York, there's a couple of shows that that are kind of like this interactive theater element, and that's the closest thing to Westworld that that I've really kind of mm-hmm. like. Uh, I don't know if y'all have been to like Sleep No More, uh, which is basically like Macbeth, but it takes place in a Hitchcock hotel, and you just kind of follow folks around and interact with the environment. And it's fun. But then there's another one out. Um, then she fell, which is like through the looking glass, and it's basically you just kind of you. It's vaguely the plot of uh, Lewis Carroll's work, but in the context of like a mental institution. So like these kind of like interactive follow folks around and interact with the environment and read stuff like it seems like Westworld would be uh the the like logical continuation of that even like beyond like uh these interactive games and whatnot except uh they're actors not robots so you can't do horrible things oh yeah no I, it, it's also 80 bucks can't. not 40 grand not 40 grand a day <laughs> well i mean keep in mind we're, we're like people aren't accounting for inflation like 40,000 a day is not gonna be that much <laughs> A hundred years from now, it can't be a big deal at all. Well, they said that there were like fourteen hundred people in the park in the first episode, or like some one offline. And at forty grand a day, if that's the average amount, then it's basically something like twice as much as all Walt Disney Resorts make in a year. You are already my favorite guest we've already had on this podcast. <laughs> Look, guys, we're not factoring in discounts, group packages. I'm pretty sure that you can get a discount with a good travel agent to Westworld. 
Uh, as as you know, with Disney parks, uh, there's very minimal discounts when it comes to premium premium experiences. Uh, excuse I, me. I think I'm a Florida resident. I know all about going to Disney's on cheap. <laughs> Favorite non Magic Kingdom park? Epcot, motherfucker. Epcot. Who do you think I am? <laughs> I got to play the Dreamcast in 1998. All right. Oh man. <laughs> Clearly very formative. <laughs> it really was. I was like, damn, this, this system's going to bomb so badly, and I'm going to love it so much. Can't wait to play Dead or Alive 2 on this. I'm very excited about how many uh, just completely distanced, uh, unwashed nerds are going to learn basic social skills from them debugging these robots. Okay, I, uh, think, I think that personal questions are an ingratiating scheme is the best line anybody has ever said in a show. I relate to it so much, and I'm like, yes, why would anybody ask personal questions unless they're trying to ingratiate themselves with another person? You're narcissistic at another person, they're narcissistic at you, and that's how you learn about each other. Personal, qu- personal questions are an ingratiating scheme is my lower back tattoo. It's <laughs> a lot of back there. That's a lot of back. <laughs> I- I have an ongoing quest to think of the funniest lower back tech too, uh, <laughs> and s- still my, my current favorite, the champion in my head is people love us on Yelp. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be really good. But I, personal questions are an ingratiating scheme. Would also be pretty good, but <laughs> but not top of the hill. The, the, so he asked he asked Dolores, "Does the passage make you think of anything?" It's like. It's like the other books we've read about change seems to be a common thing. It's like you're trying to screw yourself over very quickly. <laughs> have you not have you not read anything about AIs? You're going to be the first person I kill. <laughs> first, you gain consciousness, then you kill your creator. It's like AI 101. <laughs> I I don't like it. Laura's back at the ranch. Uh, she I, finds I, I, actually I uh uh <laughs> The other books that he's given her are are iRobot and Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Just the book of Genesis. A lot of the book of Genesis. (laughs) (laughs) So Dolores finds – is back at the ranch. She finds a gun in her room. She wraps it up, puts it back. Then she hears Do You Remember? She has a flashback to the men in black pulling out a knife. Why don't we acquaint ourselves, Dolores? Start at the beginning. When she – Reopens the drawer again. It appears the gun is gone. Is that right? I, I don't know. I didn't. Am catch I imagining that? that? I didn't catch that, but I assume the gun had to get into the very problematic barn somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there's a little glitch there, and it wasn't because she, she, she has two piles of things. One of them has a gun, and the other one does not. And so she picks one up. She shoves it sort of in the back of the drawer, but you can still see it. And then she has that flashback, and it comes to present time, and they zoom in on the drawer, and it's pretty clear there's nothing in the drawer. And I wasn't sure if that was just a very clumsy continuity error, or if they were trying to tell us something, and I don't know what they're trying to tell us. Maybe it's like you're saying, maybe she, at that point, moved the gun into the barn and forgot about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I don't really know. Uh, I will say, if that guy's one Ed Harris theory uh, is right, I will fucking shit myself laughing. (laughs) If it turns out that Ed Harris was actually helping her out in that barn, I will laugh so fucking hard. Yeah, there, there is something that I, I don't know what to make of it because uh, one of the NPCs drags her off into the barn in the exact same way that uh, the Man in Black does in the first episode, which is which was I, – I wasn't sure what to make of that. If that's 
part of the storyline that he was reenacting mm. or like he was specifically trying to like trigger a memory by recreating the NPC's part and then forcing this interaction uh, where she would have a gun in the future. I don't know. It was, mm-hmm. it was, is, I, I, does anybody else have theories about that? So I think like she's on a loop and that's just how her loop ends a lot of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple things later in the episode, which we can come to Right. Uh, but the thing is like, uh, this guy seems really game savvy. I'm sure that he's seen this cut scene 150 times. So he's basically <laughs> just taking the role of the heel that ends up doing that. Uh, and then when, when he finally gets her in there, he just kind of sits her down, has a nice conversation saying, Hey, you're in a loop. This is a thing that happens a lot. So here's what we're going to do to break it. And, uh, yeah, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. There's tea yeah. boiling on a pot. Yeah. <laughs> One number two, he, He's just showing her knife tricks. He's like, yeah, this is how, this is how you flip a knife in the air. This is a fun trick to show your friends. <laughs> and, and now I will continue my retelling of Crocodile Dundee. This is a knife. <laughs> it's the morning. William is walking around town. Uh, Jimmy Simpson, uh, the character that Ivan calls... Liam McPoyle, that McPoyle, fucking yeah. McPoyle brother. All I can think of is Liam McPoyle the entire time, and it makes the show a thousand times better for me. It's good to know that flash powder photography is alive and well. That's another great source of revenue for them. <laughs> Clementine greets uh, William as he's walking by. He's he's obviously smitten with her. Horace, I, I this is some of the best hair acting I've ever seen. It's the character of Horace, who is the the criminal who is grabbed and slammed against the wall repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And you could tell they just liked the way his hair was flipping, and they're like, <laughs> flip him around one way! Flip him around backwards! And, and I was just like, man, that is very effective. He, he really... Uh, physics is having his way with his hair. Oh, and then no, Horace the, hair shoots- de- the, the hair department on this show, especially in regards to the facial hair in this episode, you gotta give them props. They there truly outdid some- themselves quality facial hair in this episode so horace shoots the warden and takes off while william watches lamely like a lame person inspired by horace grabbing clementine though he's like hey that's the robot that wanted to have sex with me somebody (laughs) should defend that robot (laughs) (laughs) just goes to show male allies are only there when they have something in it for them (laughs) and he he takes he takes I, I was watching this because we talked about it yesterday. So uh, Horace shoots William, mm. and not only does he take a shot, I, I compared it to a paintball yesterday. That hits him. It spins him around, mm-hmm. and he falls to the ground. So I, I don't need. I have no idea what they're trying to tell us about these uh, bullet physics. Yeah. If you shoot uh, somebody, like if the, even if they were shooting him with like a twenty-two, you'd go like. Ow! Like you would just stand there, you know, like you wouldn't spin around with yeah. a bullet that hits you. And, and I believe when when Jimmy Simpson like pulls his shirt down to show his friend, I believe there's a welt there. Unless yeah, there's you know, a welt there. Yeah. Uh, so they are making physical contact with him, and the gun rules are incredibly inconsistent. There's two things I want to know from the show. I want to know who the man in black is, and I want to want to know what the gun rules are. <laughs> Those are the Not two enough great world mysteries. Building. Never enough There's, world building. The two great <laughs> mysteries of this show for me, I think, are, are those. Yeah. You also, just want uh, one episode from the armorer's perspective. It's just like, all right, so here's how we do the physics on this bullet. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to rush him on this gun scene. It's just all from the perspective of the guy who made the mediocre gun. <laughs> oh, and discussing, so uh, I should have looked up the Twitter handle, but somebody tweeted at us about the weapon 
that the man in black was using uh, in the previous episode where he cocked the hammer on the gun with his special little lever Mm -hmm. and then he was able to like shoot through a wall and kill a guy yeah so that is a historical weapon it's a lamat revolver and that gun has a 20 gauge shotgun shell under the under the chamber that's a real gun that exists and when you cock that hammer it fires off the shotgun shell instead of the bullets holy shit huh. wow but, by the way i thought that was the gears of war stuff but uh, all right confederacy uh, good job yeah uh, exactly quick question good job knowing it was the confederacy uh wait have any, of you, have any of you guys ever held a gun yeah a re- yeah, yeah yeah okay i believe we've all held a gun here isn't it the weirdest fucking feeling in the entire goddamn world yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. weird. It's yeah. very strange. It's it's not fun. I held uh, a friend of mine, uh, her ex-husband, uh, was kind of a gun collector, so they were around a lot, and, and he handed me one of those shotguns that's gigantic and has, like, the, like, teeth on the end of the barrel. <laughs> what? That's, oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah, it has teeth at the end of the barrel, so, you know, if you need to... Oh, okay, in, like a bayonet. Yeah. I mean, no, no, not like a bayonet. Literally, the barrel of the gun had fucking yeah, yeah. jagged teeth. Uh, but it serves the same purpose. It's the craziest fucking thing to hold. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, well, I guess I've got power of life and death now? <laughs> i tell you what, though. What those things can do to skeets is amazing. <laughs> right? Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> America finally found a way to combat the skeet pri- uh, crisis. <laughs> I, Too I don't, long. I don't know how to... Skeets have had their way with our cities and towns. <laughs> I mean, you can't look up in the sky without seeing an army of skeets coming at you <laughs> from all sides. I mean, you can't discount that Westworld is actually a skeet shooting range that just got incredibly advanced. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh my god, Westworld is just Duck Hunt sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's like one thing if you don't go skeet shooting, you don't know that a quarter of the people there are just fucking the skeets. <laughs> Truly, little John was right. (laughs) I I wasn't going to go there, but a goddamn. I did. I did. Uh, So we we get the continuation of this weird William and Logan relationship. Mm -hmm. Logan, what? I want every episode Logan to walk in zipping up his goddamn pants. It's already (laughs) hilarious to me. Every time he enters the scene, he's zipping up his pants. It's like. It's like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven always having food in his mouth. Logan, the camera cuts to him, and he's like waddling, zip. And then he like looks up at the camera and start, keeps walking. And, and so this is what he says to William. He says, let's go put some memories in that spank bank. You'll thank me after you've been married to my sister for a year. Mm-hmm. Which is, he is the creepiest person talking about his sister. And he also talks about his sister like he used to date his own sister. Like there's just McPoyles. <laughs> it's ma- it's Town. He is. <laughs> this is Jimmy Simpson marrying into the McBoyle family. Yeah, and appa- Logan claims he's not just having sex with women to have sex with women. He's waiting for the good stuff. Uh, world <laughs> events, another expansion, presumably. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know why he doesn't just go to fuck world the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> we go from there to Teresa and Bernard. Uh. uh Teresa says, I've been looking for you. Ford taking over. So she basically says Ford 
is taking over. It's making the board uneasy. Apparently, he's taken over a huge part of the park and thrown half of the assist, assisted storylines into disarray, which seems crazy. That's a lot of the park. Um, and, and, and she seems like, I thought we were fucking. Why aren't you telling me all of your secrets? Why aren't you actively <laughs> acting as a spy on my behalf? And his face is like, that's not how relationships work. <laughs> And she's like, clearly, I, you ne- you've never been manipulated by me before. Uh, I I do appreciate that that he's very nonchalant about half of the storylines uh, being thrown out of whack because everybody knows no one's using all of the content all of the time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Especially sometimes, not in world yeah, of this side. Exactly. Look, most of the people are fucking around in the starting town. There's a lot of people in the PvP arena. No one's on all of the dungeons all of the time. Yeah. Like, if you go to Six Flags, and then in the middle of a conversation, Pepe Le Pew walks away because the boss had an idea, you're not heartbroken by the experience. <laughs> not at all. We have Eloise interrogating the stash, one of the uh, hosts. Oh, oh, oh it, that guy is Trevor from GTA Five. Oh, he's the voice? <laughs> yes, he is or the is... voice, and he did the mocap. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he, he was also the creepy locksmith in that uh, one episode of Broad City. So his he has essentially been typecast as the best possible character for him, a weird creep. <laughs> well, I was going to say a virtual human being. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to assume that that was intentional on their parts. Oh, yeah. He no. had to walk into – I, I want to believe that he walked into a casting room at some point, <laughs> And they were like, is it just me or does he seem almost human? <laughs> God, he and he from just, then on he it, had his niche. It feels so right when he's brandishing a rocket launcher at us. <laughs> so uh, we learn that the stash thinks that the other character. So they're talking about Walter, who was the host who went on a murderous rampage, drinking milk and emitting milk from his guts, where the bullet holes were. Um, I will say, as a Walter identifying the characters on screen and in culture who are named Walter and seeing where they fall on this spectrum. Uh, it's always a bit fun because it's usually like a 70-year-old white guy or like yeah. a guy with an ill-tempered name and who's going to show up for one episode. <laughs> like a, a high school chemistry teacher who's yeah. just trying to make enough money for his wife's family. <laughs> I want to see that infographic, the Walter spectrum. Yeah. You've got Walter Sobchak, you've got Walter White. Classic <laughs> Walters. One of, one of those fucking puppets from that guy on Comedy Central. Like, it's really just a, a very, very non-illustrious group of people. That, that'd be a fun database is if you could enter a name and it would pull all of the lines from characters with that name and build a psychological profile based on there. Oh, yeah, Walter Pena. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a vanity project, I'll confess, but still. <laughs> Walterpedia might be the name of the episode. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good name. That's a good name. Uh, so that, so he kills the. And the important thing is that Walter kills six hosts that have killed Walter in previous storylines. It's like he knows what happened in the past. If only we had a word in English for that. It's like he's remembering. Mm-hmm. Once Eloise, everybody gets their memories back in Westworld, there's going to be a hell of a truth and reconciliation committee going on here, like <laughs> to remedy all the crimes that they've done to each other over 30 years. Like this is going to be because we know that eventually they're all going to realize what's up, right? Like there, there's going to be a robot revolution that's got to happen, right? right. Um, so yeah, but once that happens, ooh, this can be this can be weird. Mm-hmm. Question: 
Which staff member do you think will be first identified as a host? Which person backstage will first be identified as a host? At, at, at one point, that fucking Hemsworth makes a, maybe it's in my yeah. backstory joke. And I was like, if he's a robot, I'm going to be so fucking angry. Because they could not have planted <laughs> a more obvious fucking clue than that dumb joke. I feel like he's a good choice, though. I mean, if you're going to have anybody be security, have it be... I mean, if you're going to have anybody be a host, have it be your security team. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're dealing with violent people, and it, they're expendable. And especially all the talk about, like, who gets uh, weapons uh, permissions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either I, the, I all the security team definitely is, or none of the security team definitely is. Because they've got that whole Isla Sorno cooking downstairs with all the reject dinosaurs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's hard. I, I think Ashley Stubbs is a good choice for the first one who's identified to be a host. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's definitely wooden enough to be a robot. Uh, yeah. I, I really am sad that I know his names now. I like, I like Stubbs. <laughs> Ashley's less, less fun. But I really liked Hemsworth the Elder. <laughs> I'm still referring to him as that. Yeah. So there, Eloise, as they're interrogating, uh, Stash is notified of a stray that's gone off course. I have to say, they stretch this stray storyline so far across the episode. I think I'd watched it three times before I realized that, like, I, that I could remember that it was all part of the same storyline. That like it starts here when she gets notified of a stray being in the in the park, and then it ends uh, where it does. At the end, it was it was like they took ten minute breaks be- be- between returning to the storyline. Uh, pacing I, on it was uh, weird. I, yeah, I, it was very strange. I think it's because uh, her and Hemsworth have possibly the least chemistry as characters of <laughs> any pair of characters we have ever seen in any media. I, it, it started getting better when she w- the more the meaner she is to him, the more I like them as a as a group on screen. Yeah. Uh, so they're notified of a stray, which is the terminology for cattle. Uh, Eloise joins Stubbs, and they walk into the park to try and find this guy. Apparently these people were in an area that doesn't have GPS, or they're not low-jacked or something, which just seems irresponsible to me. Yeah. Uh, the, the technology is not, uh, not that expensive now. I can't imagine in the future it's gotten more expensive. The yeah, only thing stopping... This, that that, oh, that whole thing, I, I was just like... I understand that flying a helicopter over Westworld is probably going to break immersion for a few people, but just fly a fucking <laughs> helicopter over Westworld. Yeah. Or, like, fly it. Have a drone tracking him. Yeah. If, Looks if like you're a not vulture. Have GPS. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Have a vulture. I, ju- I just cut cameras. 10 minutes of plot out of this fucking episode, but just, yeah, <laughs> a drone that looks like a vulture, which exists already. <laughs> uh, uh, also, we don't, we don't know yet if this is a Truman Show situation. And there is no sky. <laughs> That's how it's going to end with Jim Carrey crawling through the sky. That he's <laughs> the the final to. scene is the man in black walking into the control room. <laughs> <laughs> Spared no expense. The only thing stopping the host from hacking us to pieces is one piece of your code. Presumably there are multiple redundancies and an extra layer in the <laughs> firmware. Like that. That's the kind of thing you're going to take. Like just one line of code. No. Not a great idea. Teddy and Lady Guest are on a mission. Uh, I don't think we ever get her name. They they handcuff the guy that they shoot, and they head into the Mariposa Saloon and Hotel, which I'm sure has some meaning that I haven't looked up yet. Mariposa? Uh, yeah, they keep it's showing... The, oh, it's a, 
It's but what what it's butterfly. Mariposa like butterfly means effect, butterfly or? in Spanish. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. cool. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm loose on so, both Spanish and butterfly terminology. No, no. <laughs> so, so are you suggesting it means like butterfly effect or something? I, I think it has some um, reference to virtual caterpillar reality. Caterpillar turns into a butterfly, becomes a new creature. These fucking dumb, stupid creatures uh, emerge from the cocoon of their consciousness and become reborn as great, beautiful, powerful beings who like to pollinate plants. <laughs> so makes sense to me. Uh, obviously, this is all going to plant pollination. Somebody's uh, got to replace the bees, and it should be the robots. <laughs> Maeve has a flashback to Teddy being in the Holocaust shower for a second. Clementine seduces Lady Guest with the now classic line, not much of a rind on you, uh, which a lot of dudes are going to try unsuccessfully <laughs> at, at cons for the next 10 years. <laughs> good thing to say to a guy, not a good thing to say to cheese. You want that good rind on there. <laughs> <laughs> We have Teddy and Dolores uh, talking again. Teddy retrieves the sweetened condensed milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they go off on one of their little dates together. Uh, and he, she looks like she was slapped when Teddy says someday. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, yeah. it's so weird that they're supposed to be like two NPCs because that, that look on her face, I, I think I said, oh, out loud in my apartment by myself when she made that face. I was like, I don't want anybody looking at me like that. Uh, you, this is why you can't give robots a sense of time and finality. Otherwise, the lady robots are going to make demands of the committed relationship that they're in with the male robots. And that <laughs> never works out. Oh, by the way, so the lady, the, the lady guest mm-hmm. hooking up with Clementine brought something in. We've heard references to women hooking up with the cowboys. We have not seen anyone, male or female, fuck a male cow, male host yet. Yeah, it's an issue. Huh. All right. Like, there, there's no, there's no ma- male gay, gay cowboys yet. There's no women having sex with men. I mean, it's, it's three we episodes get, we, in. We do get the evil bisexual piles. Uh, that, but even even that, they're just like it's suggested. But in the room, they're just like, does anybody need some coffee? <laughs> I know the guy's <laughs> just sitting off to the side, like this is just fun to watch. Yeah, maybe that could be part of it. He's like, you two over here, you watch. <laughs> He's turning it into Cuck World, which is also the new name for Twitter. Oh, I don't like it. <laughs> and of course, they ride up to the house again where her parents are being murdered as they're, as every date with them ends. It's not a good way to end a date. Oh, uh, by the way, in, in the previous scene, uh, there's a line uh, Teddy said, before I met you, I was a different man. I didn't have skin, and I was covered in thick white milk. <laughs> so Ford, Ford, we see Ford and Teddy talking together. We get, we get a great Shakespeare line. The coward dies a thousand deaths. The valiant ta- tastes death but once. Uh, and he's like, but he never knew you, Teddy. <laughs> you managed. You've died thousands of times. The Teddies are dying at an alarming rate. <laughs> they really are. It's an issue and nobody that nobody's knows why. addressing. Oh, wait. Bullets. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm frankly, I'm just glad it's not killer bees. That'd be a bad way to die every time. Uh, also, we get we get a bunch of uh, cool bullshit organ building special effects, which very Blade Runnery, very Blade Runnery. So, oh, sorry, organ building? What, yeah, what when they uh, when they're building the eye. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or organ. So I I jumped ahead to the the host that was playing an organ. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> and and I got confused. Fair, fair. Uh, 
We, we discovered that Teddy's entire job is to be a lame towny boyfriend. Ah, uh, that yeah. How fucked up must it be to discover that you're part of the evil player's quest line? Your job is to keep Dolores here if they want to best the Stormer Gunslinger and have their way with his girl. Uh, Not great. Do you know why? We never gave you a... <laughs> He's like, oh, we never gave you a backstory. <laughs> and, and so he mentions, as I said earlier, we'll give you a backstory, a fiction that, like all great narratives, is rooted in truth. So the backstory that he's given, we know for a fact, is going to inform this world in some way. I posit that it is the Man in Black's backstory. Uh, I feel pretty confident about that aspect, no matter who the Man in Black ends up being. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- yeah, we are uh, introduced to the character of Wyatt, a.k.a. Ben Wyatt, the teen mayor of Partridge, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Ice Town was a good idea at the time. <laughs> Ice Town ended so badly. <laughs> it was a massacre. <laughs> I always uh, like that the, they use the term ice town uh, when it's, it's a small town in the Midwest and ice is a term for meth in some places. <laughs> I, I just I, – I imagine that term differently than it's portrayed is what I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Wyatt's whole thing is that he hears the voice of God, which plays into a later conversation that they have about the bicameral mind. Uh, and I'm going to say the voice of God is Andrew a.k.a. the guy who probably doesn't exist because I think all of this is a setup by Ford. Wait, wait, wait. When you Arnold? say Andrew, Arnold. Uh, Arnold, yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah. By camera mm-hmm. mind kind of thing. Yeah, for it. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Uh, also, slight aside, uh, every time I... Arnold is rarely used in films, and all I can think of is the, is the 90s cartoon, Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? 90s kid. That's you. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, I thought I thought of Arnold as in uh, Mr. Arnold from Jurassic Park, uh, <laughs> Sam Jackson's character. Who? Oh! Yeah, I don't know. You know, a little bit Genius. of connective tissue there. That guy kind of <laughs> goes down in a weird way during an incident thirty years ago, right? <laughs> uh, right. He, he, I mean, he really did miss that connective tissue. Really could have used it. They. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do like the scene where they asked uh, Teddy. You know, do you remember who Wyatt is? Wyatt. And then it's like, how about now? Of course I remember why. <laughs> Look upon the face of true evil you can never forget. <laughs> Again, so, somebody pointed this out on Twitter, but one of James Marsden's pecs is way more developed than the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have to go back and fucking freeze frame every single scene of shirtless James Marsden in the entirety oh of God. film. And there's a lot. I'm sure he- the, man, the, <laughs> the man's worked. The man has worked. <laughs> Yeah, we, we we had the following conversation on Twitter. He said, has anybody else noticed he has one peck, one moob? And I, and I responded, how would you look after being shot a thousand times? And he's like, well, well, I think I'd have two moobs. <laughs> which, which was a fair answer. Look, look uh, that, 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 that man dated Liz Lemon. He had to eat a lot of night cheese. <laughs> it's going to come up. And it, and it all went straight to his right peck. <laughs> So Dolores, Dolores is approached by two hosts and a new guest in town. This noob is terrible at video games and oh, realizes oh. this mission is not what he has signed up for. <laughs> oh, he's <laughs> such a greasy fucking nerd. He's like, I wanted a green quest. This is clearly a yellow quest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm, I, I, I hate to admit this. I'm embarrassed for the hosts when people are role-playing badly. <laughs> I love it so much. I love it when I, they're just being such cowards and the hosts are like, 
<sighs> All right, I guess I'll go back to town. <laughs> yeah, and and they're completely seamless about it. But it reminds me of uh, you know, just like famous actors be like, I played Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the whole time I'm like, why don't you just program the robots to be like actors? And that way they'll just act like they're fucking uh, Western people and know that they're not actually Western people. Maybe you give them a union that they think does a lot more for them than it actually does. Give them a few <laughs> awards shows. One for the main characters, one for the background characters. <laughs> yeah, that, that would never happen in reality. <laughs> and so the character's white hat won't let him be a monster. Uh, and Teddy and Dolores... Uh, go on a shooting date, which is interesting because it seems like she doesn't have weapons permission, mm-hmm. uh, a term we learn about again in a later scene. I feel like a lot of things happen, and then we're given the 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 term for it like 15 minutes later. I feel like you have to watch every episode twice just to fully understand it. I mean, uh, and, we yeah. are talking about a Nolan here, and everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> everybody knows with a Nolan, you have the first viewing, and then you have the post-twist viewing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I. It actually makes me wonder if each of these episodes was originally cut backwards. <laughs> oh, I can't, character can't, can't wait until Guy Pierce it. shows up. <laughs> uh, Guy Pierce would fit into this world, world perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no matter, you can see. I don't know if you notice, but you can see, actually see her like squeezing the gun really tightly, but she just can't can't pull the trigger. She can't do yeah. it. You, you ever feel like like. Anthony Hopkins' character was actually written for Michael Caine, given that it's a Nolan thing. Oh, fuck. That's a good point. Those Nolans love Michael Caine. Yeah, he gets a couple of monologues in there about the nature of reality and all that kind of thing. Like, you just just mentioning that it was a Nolan thing made me think of it. But, yeah, that seems like it was a Michael Caine joint originally, yeah? <laughs> they weren't filming in the Bahamas, so he didn't feel the need to go. <laughs> that, that's an interesting point, because there's something Michael Caine... Would be an interesting fit because he would bring that sort of charm mm-hmm. to the old leader. Like when you see somebody, when you see Anthony Hopkins, this menace. You're like, how how has he kept this position for so long without getting usurped? Like he's just creepy. Like he just <laughs> seems malevolent. With, with Michael Caine, you'd be like, I'd let him stick around another day. Like, come on, he's great. Mm-hmm. Look at this old guy. He's he's so tr- yes, he slept with every one of the guests and hosts. But <laughs> aside from that, he, he's he's harmless. <laughs> so Teddy's guest lady uh, rolls in. They think they've found Wyatt. Teddy's the only one who who came up against Wyatt and lived in this storyline. The NPCs walk away from the guest. So Teddy and Dolores walk away from the guest and whisper to each other, which I'm like, I feel like they should have spoken in normal voices just so she could have heard them. Yeah. <laughs> like, otherwise, who are they performing for? <laughs> they really should have cheated out in that scene. <laughs> yeah, both faced her, given their monologues separately. Like, I like how all of them had Stanislavski training at some point. It's just like... <laughs> it's in their code. The, it's the bicameral that, mind. That's, that's the big division. There's the Strasbourg people, and there's the other people. <laughs> we cut to the group of people sitting around the fireplace, all arguing about who's going to chop the wood so they can have dinner. Uh, we learned that they... Got caught in a loop because none of them have weapons permission, so none of them can chop the wood to start the fire to have dinner so they can head to town after uh, finishing th- dinner. There is nothing I love more in a video game than when an NPC breaks and it breaks all of the other NPCs who have to interact with him. I'm like, oh my god, what's next? Is somebody going to fall through the geography? <laughs> that, that's always a fun one. There's 
there's something about this loop that I love. They've basically gotten cotton in the what do you want to do for dinner conversation forever, <laughs> which I think is my own personal hell. Like that's uh, this just, is this is like all- the blazing saddles scene, but they just can't quite get to the farts. <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, and Eloise uh, are Stubbs and Eloise are out to find the stray. Wouldn't blame you if you've forgotten. It's been a while. <laughs> they they look in the cook's tent. The cook is the stray. Uh, again, again, pretty thin connection there. Uh, the cook can whittle very nicely. Again, a great piece of thing they can sell to the guests to remember Westworld by. <laughs> More sources of income. This is genius. The. And he's repeatedly carved uh, Orion into the, his his pieces that he has whittled, mm-hmm. which just screws up the monetization and branding element to this. I mean, you you, you do the Westworld logo in the back, all right? That's <laughs> how you are able to get the franchise fees. Come yes. on, man! Everybody knows that constellations are in the public domain. Space, the yeah. ultimate public domain. <laughs> you you want to make we- this twenty billion dollar operation a twenty five billion dollar operation? Let's get some <laughs> logos on there, all right? Yeah. yeah. More microtransactions. <laughs> I will point out this this blows a hole in one of the early out there th- theories, which is that uh, Westworld is not on Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. So cl- clearly, right. he has identified Orion in the sky, so he is on Earth definitively, unless unless it's a fake sky, which I, that that this doesn't feel like a fake sky situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, back to Teddy and Lady Guest. With the bounty, why, we learn why it is a mercenary. He forces his men to wear the bones and flesh of their enemies. So, pretty standard corporate gig. Rattle shirt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, ve- you know, the more, the more I think about this show, the more Bioshocky it gets. It's like, fucking, we got Splicers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we do have Splicers. I did love Bioshock. Oh, it, that's it's great. great yeah. yeah. So, okay, so this is the description of Wyatt. Pain doesn't slow him. His, his followers don't fear that. So Payne doesn't slow him, which sounds to me like the man in black. Mm. Wyatt disappeared and came back with some strange ideas. The world didn't belong to the old natives or the new settlers. It belonged to something yet to come. It belonged to him. Mm-hmm. Ah? Ah? Robot yeah. Hitler? <laughs> Possibly Robot Hitler. Possibly uh, Arnold, ah. who's, who's put his consciousness into the man in black and is trying to have the park staffed by robots with consciousness i'm feeling it i'm liking it yeah and then tuscan raiders (laughs) yeah what What? was that roar noise yeah exactly i I wrote down there's a conch type sound (laughs) that that was my best guess but they seem very far away from an area where a conch would be hanging out that conch would have had to go a long distance (laughs) I just wrote Wookiee Rowl, which doesn't seem correct at all. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know how far this world goes. <laughs> how amazing would it be to find out eight episodes in that this was actually Disney moving into Star Wars continuity? <laughs> <laughs> well, Westworld, a Star Wars story? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now that it's owned by Disney, the same parent company that owns Marvel, I figure they're going to try and incorporate every single fucking thing in one of the two continuities. <laughs> they're going to merge them at some point. If you give them a much time... Oh, no, time, oh, no, oh, no, buddy. AT&T bought Time Warner, which owns HBO. Everything's in the DC universe now. <laughs> no. Oh. It's going to get real dark. It's going to get real bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst possible continuity for everything to follow. It really is. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I hate those goddamn movies so much. Still haven't seen Suicide Squad. Probably never going to. 
they find the tortured men covered in flies before the conch goes off. And as it happened, the first time I was watching it, I was like, they're about to pull a seven. And then they pulled a seven. <laughs> Every single time. Anytime you're like, this guy's clearly dead, so I'm going to get very close to his face. He's yeah. never dead. He's never dead. There was one part of that scene where they're walking along where, like, the weird ideas that he got when he came back, it was like he reckoned that he died and he'd gone to hell and that this is it. I was like, that's also on the nose. That That's a bit much. Like, like yeah. where does these consciousnesses come from? That kind of thing. It's, it's the classic uh, later era of an MMO quest where they're like, we're in a video game, meta quest. <laughs> where, where, where has that happened? Uh, there's a there's a bunch of points where generally they'll like make sly references to them being in a video game. It's usually some text that a fucking goblin or gnome says to you. Ah, uh, okay, okay. You know gnomes uh, love to break the fourth wall. My my one my favorite character in a lot of these scenes is the uh, guest who's clearly in over their heads. <laughs> I love that guy. I love that guy. We should have done the riverboat. Yeah, <laughs> that guy who. I can't tell what his relationship is with guest lady. Like, mm-hmm. if they're just friends or... I, I, I feel like this was more like one of those, like, quests where you're randomly like, hey, here's another guy going into the same area. Let's yeah, party that, up for this. Good. That's, that, that, I, I think that's likely. Yeah. And, and listen, we, we've all and, had that experience where our DPS decides to abandon the quest line midway through. <laughs> At one point, I want one of them to just scream out, I should have never left the fuck room. <laughs> Stubbs and Ashley are still looking for the stray. Ashley points out it looks like Orion, which we've already covered. What are you, Gala fucking Leo? Maybe it's my backstory. Oh, this fucking, if he's a robot, fuck them. <laughs> I, I'm fine with him being a robot. I'd still love it. And I'd love that they try to uh, get it past us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bernard and Ford, why is this host covered? Uh,. So another thing that I feel like they didn't do a job with, they're trying to show that Ford is very concerned with people thinking that the robots are conscious. Like that, that's, that's a playing after the old episode. Like that's something he is actively guarding against. Like do not think of these things as conscious beings. They're not people. They're fucking robots. I'm just going to slice off the side of their face. Right. Uh, w- watch it bleed and feel nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, he doesn't have shame, and then he just, like, pokes him on the head of the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird, because in the very last episode, we saw him talking to a t- tiny child host. Uh, and, By the and way, this what's, is the, wh- what's the... Uh, uh, I tried to find it on the HBO On Demand, but apparently it's not fucking there, and it's HBO uh, Now slash Go exclusive. What's the story with that stupid fucking uh, little kid host, who is actually a host? So, so, so they don't... Uh, what am I about to say? They have not shown in the show, but they've shown it on the publicly available materials on a- HBO.com. Uh, it was it was a featurette sort of talking about it, and they have – they actually – they're talking about the episode mm-hmm. and AI in general, and they don't actually discuss him. What happens is they show a scene featuring that boy uh, where his face – Opens like a flower. Oh boy! And it's terrifying. Like literally four sections, just like, <laughs> um, and it's hideous. Well, and he's clear. And yeah. he, and when he does that, he is clearly, um, as we can tell from this episode, a earlier generation robot. Oh, the, the, okay. The, One of the, the silence. Boy, All right. Yeah, the boy. The boy is not a biological android. He is a straight up robot. 
Yeah, we, we or, get, I mean, we'll get to that scene soon. I think we get to that scene next. Yes, they yeah. walk into Ford's yeah. office. Yeah. Uh, the, the player piano host is going to be something later. Did you see his gigantic nerdy wall of action figures? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. Didn't. Yeah, it's like either figurines that they were selling at the park, but they do like a quick shot of like, oh, here's all the faces on the wall. Here's a bunch of nerdy action figures. And then here's the player piano. And it was, I didn't catch until the second viewing. But like, yeah, he's got a whole lot of action figures. Of course he does. He likes playing with dolls. <laughs> I, I do love that of hit between him and Arnold, he's the like one who was like more centered. Like Arnold was the crazy guy. <laughs> Ford was the guy who had one foot in reality. <laughs> I just I just love his conversations with Jeffrey Wright because he's like, listen, I did tell you the truth. I'm lying, and that in itself is a kind of truth. Yeah. <laughs> so. So the player piano host is going to be something later. Uh, he could either be a host that he just keeps around as a friend. It could actually be another copy of Arnold's original consciousness. Uh, it could be uh, any number of things. If, uh, his fuck buddy, I I'm, hope. I'm going to call this now. When the robot revolution starts, that's the robot that fucking strangles Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah. I could, yeah. See, I, I could see that as well. Mm-hmm. The, I, what I am 100% sure is he is not like an early robot that just plays the piano mm-hmm. that there's no what way. if he's like his jonathan to his jack donaghy and like he's the most <laughs> loyal possible robot in the whole world <laughs> i would love that jonathan is a very underrated 30 rock character very underrated <laughs> mm-hmm. there's I, I i rewatched 30 rock a year ago and i had it made me real sad because the actor who plays jonathan left to do another television show and there was like it was outsourced one right I, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was outsourced, which, yikes. That show was not in 30 Rock Continuity, so I, <laughs> I didn't find out. Uh, but there was, like, one episode where they tried to replace him with a similar character, and you could tell even they were like, no, this is a terrible idea. And then he came <laughs> back for the last season, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, for, three years, for three years, we lived in the park, refining the host before a guest stepped inside. We learned his partner was named Arnold. There were no guests, no board meeting, just pure creation. Uh, the best time to be at a startup is just when you're draining all of the funds. When there's no profitability to be worried about. I mean, what? that's the what? time. If, if they had showed the full flashback, you would have seen ping pong tables. You would have seen pool tables. You would have seen full game cabinets. You would have seen three espresso machines. Where were all the matching hoodies? Seen... Yeah. That's what you should have seen in the background. They, they managed to secure some funding from Peter Thiel. <laughs> Um, and so this is – can we – I want to talk about something very briefly. The line, our host passed the Turing test in the first year. Uh, and the Turing test is a, a very general thing where you uh, are, are – it, it's usually implemented as a chat program where you can't actually see the person. But mm-hmm. you, you talk with two people and then you say which one is the robot. So the idea is uh, you're, you're – <laughs> There's no way not to insult somebody. If, if a robot has passed the Turing test, uh, at least 50% of the time, you are choosing the robot as the human over an actual human. <laughs> and so it's important also to point out, which maybe they were aware of it, maybe they're talking about a more expansive version where it's based on looks and interactions as well, but um, th- there, are, there are chatbots that pass the Turing test now have for years mm-hmm. like this is not this is not something we have to look deep into the future for <laughs> this is something that happens because it turns out that uh, uh, humans 
don't have that many loops they work on. It's very easy to pull off in the chat form format. <laughs> Just with pure processing power. Look, uh, We've all seen Ex Machina. This is basically yeah. Ex Machina with guns. <laughs> oh, man. That's I can't wait movie. for the dance scene. Oh, wait, we got it in this episode. <laughs> I forgot. We did get it in this episode. <laughs> uh, I want somebody to play Uptown Saturday Night over the Westworld dance scene. <laughs> Somebody please do that. Uh, so, uh, w- uh, again, how we, f- we, we know that the, the woman in the introduction mm-hmm. fuck room, I guess that's what we're calling it. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, that, she's a host. Uh, she is the she, lady with the parasol who passes by the uh, camera during the big dance scene. Right. So they show a flashback to 30, you know, sort of before when they were working on it. And the, the, so the fuck room host was back then. Also plays into my thought that the, that the hosts in the introduction room would be more primitive robots so mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have to worry about them going crazy in their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, we, we, and we get... Uh, we find out... Oh! Guys! We just blew right past this de-aged Anthony Hopkins who... Yeah! No facial expression, just that blank facial expression where it's like, we really can't afford the good de-aging CGI, <laughs> so you just need to stand completely still. <laughs> It, it was a little creepy. I was glad it's over. Hopefully that's not something they have to lean on too hard in the future. Mm-hmm. They got the point across. Anthony Hopkins used to be young. I get it. <laughs> yeah. ah. by, by the way, somebody w- uh, when, when people were doing the Jimmy Simpson is the uh, Ed Harris theory, uh, I looked right. up uh, pictures of Ed Harris from 30 years ago. He looks exactly like Ed Harris now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, we Abyss was 30 years ago, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Ed Harris has basically been Ed Harris for decades now. One one of the things they do with actors all the time is they take actors who are like thirty years past the age where they could do anything physically mm-hmm. and make them seem very capable in in action scenarios. <laughs> oh, like oh, the, oh, I mean the, played... the 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 thirty million dollars they paid to get Harrison Ford to run in the Force Awakens, <laughs> <laughs> or, or the. Or the fact that in Game of Thrones, the, the actor who plays the Blackfish was 70. <laughs> that dude's not fighting death. anybody. Yeah, that's why you have the off-screen death. He was like, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, with the severe arthritis in my shoulders, I can't even lift this sword. <laughs> exactly. It's a, making him fight is an OSHA violation. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Ed Harris, I don't know how old he is, but he's not. He's not doing well in these battles. <laughs> When, when, that, when that host in the last episode just slammed him against the wall, he needed to take three years off. <laughs> that was the, no, that was the production delay. <laughs> and Harris needed time to get that lactic acid out of his muscles. <laughs> Ed Harris is 65. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then it, so we talk about the consciousness based on the concept of the bicameral mind, where early humans, when they became conscious, thought their thoughts were God. Uh, and Arnold thought it might be a way to bootstrap consciousness, but they ended up being insane people. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's why it's out now <laughs> on the bicameral mind. You know, that thing that everybody was an expert in and it only came out now that Westworld's out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm sure it was like a page in a psychology book that I read once. <laughs> Look, no this idea. is why you never have a separate code base. You don't want to fork the OS this early into robot developments. Yeah. Do you really want the skeet that you shoot at to have God speak into it the whole time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're never going to get him out of the sky. He belongs there. 
And Ford has a great point that Arnold did not understand the hosts are in the park to be essentially abused. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it would probably be best that we wipe their memory. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting and maybe foreshadowy that he said that the only thing that's left of the bicameral mind thing was the voice commands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, that, that, like, I might go back and rewatch it, but, like, you know how, like, they say, like, analysis, right? And then that's how you get into analysis mode. Like, what if somebody said analysis to a person in the park, and then that's what got them tripping up, right? Uh, well, well, so, so uh, we, uh, we, we were we, talking about this last episode with the the surgeons. Like, the surgeons yeah. clearly don't have access to any of that. Like, there's some sort of either, like, maybe it's only possible in, I don't know, certain rooms or certain modes or from certain people. But obviously, the surgeons would have been great to be like, Analysis. Go to sleep. <laughs> Die again. I don't know. Something. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, uh, makes me think that maybe the surgeons are also hosts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, that everyone's ex- a host. Reality is a lie. Yes. That would explain why the hosts, uh, why the surgeons are so vulnerable in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just thinking, like, what if I was a tourist and I was talking to Dolores and I was like, oh yeah, I got to do this analysis later, and then she just kind of freaked out, like, like maybe that could be <laughs> like one of the vestigial voices of God left over <laughs> in this park. Oh, no, she'd just be like, that doesn't sound like anything to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Much like when she saw the photo. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, Uh, and this is is one of those fucking completely on-the-nose lines when he's like, I understand that the death of your son Charlie really hurt you. (laughs) Well, just before that, let's let's talk about Bernard being the worst, least inquisitive person of all time. (laughs) What happened? Well, he died here in the park. No follow-up questions, Bernard? <laughs> like, and, and they were like, we called it an accident, but he was very careful. <laughs> well, so are you saying he was murdered by a host? <laughs> Tell me. Mm. And, we, and we, know, we already know that Bernard hasn't been around long enough that he wasn't there for the 30 years ago incident. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have first-hand knowledge of that, which I, I'm guessing is what that relates to. Mm-hmm. And then we have... Uh, Bernard Skyping home to his wife, Zoe from Firefly. <laughs> Gina Torres, <laughs> who always great in any situation. I will always welcome a Gina Torres appearance. Yeah, in any situation. Uh, she's a bit estranged due to Charlie's death. Also, she is way out of Bernard's league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> listen, listen. I mean, she's been with a lot of our finest black actors, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright? My God. He's in rarefied company. Well, I I feel like uh, Lawrence Fishburne over... I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, oh, oh, okay, okay. Are we going to compare and contrast the various relative merits of Lawrence Fishburne and Jeffrey Wright? Just based on hair alone, I feel like. <laughs> Bernard's character couldn't pull. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Stubbs and Elsie, she's looking up at the sky, matching the stars to the rock. Wait, briefly, she, do you think that they, those were actual people that they were having conversations with? In the, when he talks in that's, a, that's a fair question. Of, uh, yeah. yeah. If you look at one of them, they're just two people looking at each other. And I realize that some people use FaceTime for different things, right? But like, two, like the person is making a call and none of them are saying anything. Which could <laughs> just amazing. be some mediocre work, uh, right? Yes. Like, watermelon cantaloupe, watermelon cantaloupe. Like, you can't move <laughs> exactly. the lips the whole time, right? But like... Also, so why, are, that, why are there these dedicated FaceTime stations? And why are there three? Yeah. 
Yeah, that, those are all good questions, especially when we have established that we're not on Mars. That was the first thing I thought when we when we saw that room. I was like, oh, they need some sort of special equipment to make long distance calls. Uh, they must really be, you know, on another planet. Like that. That felt like evidence towards that. But yeah, like I'm cell phones lying. exist, right? Somebody sent yeah. a text in this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, should, and Bernard be doesn't have back. his phone on him, which is yeah. That'd be ridiculous now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He he get he. I assume he gets paid very well. I assume he has to be on call. Yeah, I'm having a wonderful conversation. I'm on my phone right now. Like, <laughs> uh, th- guys, black have... mirror, <laughs> black mirror, guys. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm not sure. There, there's also a possibility, given the technology that we have. You, maybe you can archive a dead relative and you can talk to their image forever, which would require special equipment. What? Black mirror, guys. Black, black mirror. mirror. It oh. all goes black mirror. So, I mean, I th- yeah, the only reason I would think that seems likely is that they have to go into the special room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> otherwise, I just assume, you know, they've grown distance due to their sun dying, which also seems reasonable. Mm. Yeah. Stubbs and Elsie looking up the sky. She's matching the stars. Uh, Elsie, I love her character. Just her eloquence. He wasn't programmed to give a shit about stars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A woman peeing in the woods, I realized, is rarely shown on TV. Huh. Huh. That's fair. People peeing in general, except for, like, comedy reasons. Uh, And especially women peeing. Yeah, especially. I mean, we've watched those. dudes pee on Game of Thrones like five times, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, n- how many? T- I try and imagine Daenerys squatting in the woods. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> and it has to have happened, unless, unless canonically, no woman has ever peed. Yeah, I mean, there is magic in that world. We can't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> they find the cook in a, a chasm. Chasm. He has fallen into, yeah. bleeding yeah. and trapped. Oh, and listen, we've all had problems with NPC pathing. Sometimes the NPC you're on an escort quest with gets stuck in the geography, and you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to save and reload. Yeah. So, so they find the cook. They just show that scene, cut away from it. And then we're on board with Teddy, Lady Guest, and the Bounty Hunters. Mm-hmm. She trips over a what I'm going to call a tripwire. Mm-hmm. And the bounty leader gets stabbed by one of Wyatt's followers. It looks like there's somewhere between six and a dozen of the followers. An interesting scene is Teddy spinning around. I actually, because he was shooting a bunch of them, and I was like, oh, he was overwhelmed. He couldn't kill them all. But on rewatch, I don't think any of them go down. No, yeah, I don't think they're down. Oh, no. They're completely invulnerable to Teddy's shooting. He shoots all of them, and there is no reaction whatsoever, and then they fucking gang up on him. Yeah. And he sends the lady guest off with just a knife after she runs out of bullets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and she's like, uh, oh my fucking god! And it's like, you've never played any Resident Evil before? Some bad shit's <laughs> gonna come at you. Thank god there's not a giant spider lurking around. And also, <laughs> I, I just want to correct. Uh, I noticed at the top of the name of the cell phone, I called the company Davos. Apparently I misheard. The company is Delos. D-E-L-O-S. The parent company that owns the corporate, the management is from delos mm-hmm. uh which that has to mean something in greek that's just embarrassingly obvious <laughs> of course it is it's a nolan production <laughs> i can't wait till we get uh, that spin in top it's gonna happen. <laughs> let's see 
I can't find anything obvious. I'll look it up later. Mm. Um, I, I need your. So we have Bernard and Dolores. Uh, Elsie calls to Bernard. It, it's like he got an idea on the phone <laughs> that Bernard is not answering because mm-hmm. he's hanging out with Dolores again. Yeah. Uh, I really like it when uh, he's like, lose all scripted responses, improvisation only, which was me after I started to hate all of my stand-up material. (laughs) (laughs) Ford's talk has made him think that he's treating – that made him realize that he's treating the robots uh, too much like people and he's going to solve this problem by treating the robot like a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I – I had a I had one of those fucking weird fan theories that probably doesn't fit in this. Uh, when she says there aren't two versions of me, I'm like, what if there are? <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, so <laughs> we we don't know exactly where they are. I assume because he left his phone in his house, they are at his house. So I okay. assumed that he had like another Dolores unit which was, like, slaved to the prime Dolores unit that was back in the park, and that way he can have these conversations with her without having, Uh. you know, sneak her in and out of the park. But then at the end of the scene, he, like, lets the door open, and he's like, go to the park. Yeah, Yeah, there there is something that, especially when they called them hosts... uh, I mean, we know that that they have a networked link because we have seen them uh, upload things to the host. Right, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, there's also one of my – in the first 10 minutes of the first show, I was wondering if they had real people who were sort of powering the psychology of these robots in another room, which I don't think is what's happening now. But also the terminology of hosts uh, in computer terms uh. sort of implies to me that something's like logged into it from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I – which would be a fun, crazy fan theory. I don't think a lot of structure has been built up for it uh, yeah. at this point. But uh, there are there are a couple things there that are hard to hard to square. My fun, know. crazy fan fan theory is step one: you know for a fact that Arrested Development is canonical inside this universe. <laughs> step two: the book that liberates Dolores is The Man Inside Me by Tobias Funke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what if this is leading the robots to have a never-nude revolution? <laughs> They've been tired of having to be nude all the time. Maeve is going to be so many jorts. <laughs> There's no way anybody's paying 40k a day with a bunch of never-nudes. <laughs> that, that's one of the microtransactions. You pay extra to get them to take off their jorts. <laughs> That's that's gonna be a macro transaction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Bernard and Dolores Ford's talk. Uh, so he was encouraging memory, and I was like, "Was that a bad idea?" Yeah, you're saying I've changed. So she's, you know, we have to believe she's recalling the books that she's read. He tries to ask her preference. He gives the two versions of me thing, and says, "When I discover who I am, I'll be free." What prompted that response? I don't know. What we know is the memory stack's been corrupted. There's a stomper in there, and it's eliminating all paths of what's happened up to this point. <laughs> Definitely need to wipe this machine. That, that was my realization at this point. All they need to do is format these robot hard drives. And a full format. I'm not just saying you right-click and hit quick format. Full <laughs> no. format. You write zeros to every part of her being. <laughs> so Dolores is talking... Uh, to, so they decide, he of course decides not to wipe her, and mm-hmm. so we're going to keep having Dolores at the beginning of episodes, I suspect. 
Dolores is talking to guys who, oh, the men who came from where Teddy is. In truce, if there's a merciful God, those men are dead already. She rides home. <laughs> if, and it's if, about, if there's a merciful, merciful God, those men are dead. And if there's a really merciful God, they're having ice cream sundaes. <laughs> yeah. That, admittedly, that would be the most merciful God. <laughs> Truly. Good time, God. <laughs> G, so, G, G2G. G2G. If it was Michael Caine instead of Anthony Hopkins, they would be having ice cream is what we're trying to say. <laughs> exactly. Michael Caine is ice cream dad. Anthony Hopkins is robot revolution dad. <laughs> so so she, she's already, like, glitching the fuck out. This was a terrible choice that Bernard has made. Uh, she, she gets to the barn, and she starts to say, Father would, would be home this close to dark. And then she, like, freaks out. She remembers the actor playing her dad used to be Habernathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guest suggests creepy stash man can have her, and she's dragged to the haystack, very reminiscent of what the man in black does. She pulls out a gun and is able to shoot when she remembers the man in black saying, or, or she remembers a voice saying, kill him. We don't know whose voice that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say it was a deep enough register that it was probably not her own. Mm-hmm. So at this point, she's just remembering vocal commands. And which enable her to do what she wants. She has not been able to bootstrap consciousness. And she goes to the house, sees her mom shot, and she's able to realize this guy's going to shoot her and runs away. Mm-hmm. So, so she's she. I feel like we're getting pretty close to seeing some some breakdowns in mass, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, yeah. this is this this episode, uh, this series is only going to get crazier every single episode. I do not feel that this is one of those fucking shows where things don't get progressively crazier and ever go down from that. Yeah. Uh, I suspect given enough seasons, we would see people on dragons before game of Thrones did. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I don't know how tenable the long-term concept is unless they're going to really string us along. Yeah. Introduce Uh, the other worlds and whatnot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, well, so right. The original movie had multiple worlds. I don't know if they're going to do that in this show. Uh, That seems like an, I mean, it seems like an obvious thing to the point of being too obvious and feeling cheap. Like, not mm-hmm. implying, like, oh, we've only been showing you a quarter of this world. Oh, okay, uh, I'm going to call it right now. Last uh, shot of this season, they fucking pull out to all of the other worlds, and we're supposed to be like, oh, future world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so the three, the three original worlds were Medieval World, uh, uh, West World, and god i can't remember what the other one was future world was the sequel Mm -hmm. so future world wasn't one of the original worlds um but apparently in a production meeting railroad spoke to them about having a crossover Mm -hmm. oh god Mm -hmm. so so it's not out of possibility that the medieval world would actually be game of thrones world Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) that's working with the ip <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna get the full HBO cinematic universe. Somebody's gonna go to Sex in the God City World. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until we go to Arliss World. Huh. No, Dad, I'm not world. at Looking World. I told you. <laughs> but I also liked how the how the the guest at the end in that last scene where, where she does shoot the guy, uh, he was the guy who from earlier who couldn't decide whether he really wanted to be renegade or if he wanted to be Paragon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, that greasy nerd. <laughs> so, so we go back to Eloise Stubbs in the stray. Eloise puts him in sleep mode. Mm-hmm. Stubbs repels down and tries to remove his head as you are wont to do. 
Yeah, he's like, can you put him in sleep mode so I can put him in eternal sleep mode? And he wakes up and he is physically violent towards Stubbs. He hits mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And uh, star- starts climbing out. Yeah, he uh, he stands over Elsie uh, with the rock and you're like, oh shit, he's going to fucking murder this girl with the rock. And then he starts hitting himself and yelling, I'm actually a male feminist and would never hurt a woman. <laughs> 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 and he yeah it seems like it'd be really difficult to smash yourself to death with a rock i'm gonna try it later today <laughs> like what does that I'm bug report look like the was the <laughs> bug report just looked at so many stars that he bashed in his own skull with rock <laughs> <laughs> he found the wonder of the universe really gross <laughs> where, where do you fill that in on a support ticket <laughs> i do not know uh then we have logan and william around a fire 40k a day to jerk off in the woods and play white hat. Logan's not having it. And then Dolores walks into the camp and faints into William's arms. <laughs> and and that shot, uh, I call that, uh, the, that is the cover for the uh, romance uh, novel, In the Arms of a McPoyle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and I think that's the episode. That's- I think that's about the whole episode. Are there any crazy fan theories that you did not get in? Or you want to try to get in? I got in my double Delore. I got in my my double D theory. (laughs) Yeah, there there could be two of them. We don't we don't actually know, but I would. I'd like that. I'd like if they threw a couple more conceptual kinks Mm -hmm. in at this point. We'll we'll see what they do. It seems pretty clear that. Yeah, the series is going to become more and more based around Dolores. I'm excited about her. I, I really just want... how. What episode do you think a host will kill a guest? Oof. Seven. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good call because I can't see them fucking stringing that out for that long. And I still maintain my theory that fucking Dolores is going to shoot that McPoyle in the face because she's like, I fucking take no prisoners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I think, I think when that happens, I think you're going to see Teresa yell at somebody, either Ford or Bernard, walk down the hall, smash a glass case that has like an Uzi in it, and she's just going to go to the park and start raising down hosts. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's going to be a, a little monologue about a flea circus by Anthony Hopkins to whoever's sitting in the Jello restaurant with him. It's Crichton, man. He doesn't have a lot of ways to, to, to go into range here. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is a man who did What If Vacations but bad twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. And I think that pretty much takes it us to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show again with yeah, us. Thanks for Walt. doing the show, God, buddy. This is so much fun. I really appreciate yeah. you having me on. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to look up Walt Hickey, he's, you're on Twitter at Walt Hickey. Yep. And uh, that advice column that you pitched is starting up soon. Uh, it's 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 going to be a fun one. I don't know why uh, I am trusted to do this, but it's uh, it's coming out soon. Uh, hopefully before the election starts, five thirty. It's kind of a busy time and whatnot. But uh, yeah, thanks again for having me, y'all. <laughs> awesome. I I is the is the advice column going to be called WWWD? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going with survey says because we're actually going to pull these responses to find out how shitty my advice is. I like Ooh, it. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Data-oriented advice. <laughs> but then you also have to have the people act on the advice and then come back with how well it did. <laughs> yeah, we have we're going to have a control what... group, and uh, yes. we got to get each advice question at least 400 times so that we can separate these two <laughs> trials. Um, yes. And, and, of yes. course, every answer starts with, 
assuming that there's no free will, which there isn't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and again, a reminder: you ha- you have no choice whether or not you believe there's free will. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, so we will have we'll be listening to the or watching the next episode in I don't know four and a half hours, Oof. and we'll be recording that episode tomorrow, and then we'll be caught up, and that will be exciting. Everybody, uh, I have recorded I believe nine podcasts in the last <laughs> ten days. Please give us money on the Patreon. I don't have a lot of forms of income coming in, guys. Patreon.com slash Boris Gore Swords. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Boris Gore Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye.